Hello, and welcome to Holdenless Road Methodist Church Audio Worship. The audio you are about to hear was broadcast on Sunday, June the 20th. Thanks to Mary for leading us in worship. It's good to be with you this morning on a day when we remember with love and thanksgiving uh, those men, fathers, grandfathers and others who have been so important in our lives. And we come before our Heavenly Father to worship him and thank him for all that he has done for us. So let's join together in our call to worship words from prayer 107. Let us give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let us give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and for his wonderful deeds. We come to our prayers of praise and thanksgiving. Let us praise God as we pray together. You are the one and only God. There is none like you, Lord. You are great and your name is holy. Thank you, God, for making us and loving us. We praise you, God, for the world you have given us. Thank you for putting us into the world with so many different people, so that life need never be dull, and no one need ever be lonely, so long as we love one another. Thank you for the joy of worship and the privilege of telling everybody how good and great you are. Fill us with your love, so that we may gladly speak for you, until all the nations of the earth join with us in endless praise. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So we join in our opening hymn, Great is the Lord.
Our reading is from Mark and it's a very, very familiar story. It's the calming of the storm. Um, I guess it's something we've heard right from childhood. And so often when we hear something, so often we don't really listen when we hear it again. But this morning I want you to imagine that you are one of the people in that boat be a disciple it might be Jesus how will you be feeling will you be seasick are you scared and why are you scared and are you cross with Jesus lying there in the boat so now we hear that story from Mark's gospel Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 41 the subheading is Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in his boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and the waves went completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? 
Even the wind and the waves obey him. Thank you. If we were together in reality, I would ask you how you felt as you imagined being part of that extraordinary account of Jesus calming the storm. But in today's circumstances, I can't. I wonder who you chose to, it to be in your imagination. What did you feel? What was your reaction to Jesus's action in calming the storm? Well, I took a big step. I imagined I was Jesus, tired out after a busy day teaching and healing and casting out evil spirits. I wanted to get away from the crowds to be able to rest and refresh. So it wasn't surprising as a small flotilla of boats began their journey across the lake, I curled up in the stern and went to sleep. Nothing was likely to disturb and certainly not a storm. Yet I was awoken by my friends who were panicking and fearing for their lives. Hadn't they begun to understand who I was and therefore trusted me to keep the to keep did you imagine you were one of those scared men who had begun their journey of discovering who Jesus was? And if you hadn't been a fisherman and some weren't, that fear you felt was truly understandable. It's worth noting for us too, that the Jewish understanding of the sea was that it was an evil thing. It represented in many ways the opposition to God, to Yahweh. So perhaps all their fears were part of their understanding of that feeling about opposition to God. And certainly in the man they were following, Jesus was finding opposition wherever he, could, uh, wherever he was. Together, all the factors led to the des their desperation and demands for Jesus to do something, and he did. Relief all round, well, that's what you would have thought, but it seems the calming of the storm didn't stop their fears. We can only speculate. But I have another question. Why did Mark include this event in his record of Jesus? Reading Mark's gospel, we are all aware of its immediacy. Mark has no time to elaborate or embroider each story he includes. Each is short and sharp, and the narrative rushes from one event to the next. Healings, teachings, a growing dispute between Jesus and the religious authorities. Mark is anxious to give his readers a series of clues so they can unravel and understand the true identity of Jesus. The revelation made by Peter in chapter eight of the gospel to Jesus' question, who do you say I am? His answer, you are the Christ. The recognition and acceptance by Peter and those close disciples as to who Jesus really was. The remainder of the gospel, Mark spells out what that means. Christ, the Messiah, who suffers and serves the world and redeems the world by his sacrifice. 
I think we could reasonably say that Mark included the event to underline the authority of Jesus and to give greater credence to his argument that Jesus was the Christ, the promised Messiah. Such authority could only come from God. But I'm not sure that's the only reason. I believe Mark was also wanting to underline something that was and is essential for Jesus' disciples then live by. This in, in incident underscores for the disciples and us to have faith and trust in Jesus and his presence in our lives. Why else did Jesus accuse them of their lack of faith? It strikes me too that even after the storm, they were still terrified. Not only did they lack faith and therefore trust in Jesus' ability to control the forces of nature, but were in some way terrified of what that power might mean in their lives. We, after 2,000 years, have the hindsight and greater understanding of Jesus' authority and power and what that means. But those men were unaware of what was going to lie ahead. They could only glimpse what might be in store. And I guess it is natural that they should be unsure and afraid of what following Jesus might mean for them as individuals and as a group. And let's be honest with ourselves, even with the benefit of hindsight and knowledge, we are often terrified of what following Jesus might mean for us and for our church fellowships. Here is Mark emphasizing the need to trust completely in Jesus and to know that we are never alone or abandoned. He is with us in every storm and every situation we face. We are called to have faith in Jesus and to trust him completely. It should be easy, shouldn't it? But is it? Trust and faith are simple words, but hold immense meaning. To trust, in a sense, is to give control of our lives to another, in this case, Jesus. The rub for some people is that word completely. You will have heard many sermons on trust and faith, and it is good to be reminded of the very basic element of our discipleship again. But how near are we going to be able to give up the control, the whole control of our lives to God? I think there is within most of us a natural desire to hold on to some control of our own lives. To abandon that control somehow leaves us rudderless, drifting, unanchored, and indeed calling out for Jesus. What we need to remind ourselves that it is in that total surrender to God's will for us, we are open to a freedom, a sense of purpose in our lives, and a growing closeness to God, which transforms us gradually to the likeness of Jesus and in living the kingdom values of God's kingdom. Jesus was asleep in the boat 
because he instinctively knew that God was there and God, his father, was someone who he trusted implicitly. That depth of trust gave confidence, peace and calm within Jesus himself as the boat tossed and rolled. Mark wanted his readers then and now to begin to give up control, to trust God completely and have the confidence to accept God's will and plan for each of us and indeed for our church fellowships. In that trust, we can find a deep sense of peace and hope, whatever circumstances face us. Only each of us here this morning individually knows how far we can feel we can trust God in our lives. But this morning, let's ask that we are given the desire to trust without reserve, remembering that God has a plan for each of us, motivated and held secure by his deep love for each one of us. In this short episode, Mark shows his readers Jesus' claim to authority and teaches those who seek to follow him that trust in him is the key. As that old hymn says, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. How often have we failed to trust God or live as his children? Let's go to him now as we confess our sins in a prayer of confession. Almighty God, we come to make confession, for we have sinned in thought and word and deed. We now repent in honesty and sorrow. Forgive us, Lord and meet us in our need. Forgiving God, I come to make confession of all the harm and hurt that I have done, of bitter words and many selfish actions. Forgive me, Lord, and make me like your Son. Forgiving God, I come to make confession of all that I have failed to do this day, of help withheld, concern and love restricted. Forgive me, Lord, and lead me in your way. Redeeming God, we come to seek forgiveness, for Jesus Christ has died to set us free. Forgive the past and fill us with your spirit, that we may live to serve you joyfully. And we now join together to sing, The Lord's My Shepherd. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still. Waters, his goodness. 
join in our prayers for others. There is a response. So to the words, Heavenly Father, please respond with, hear our prayer. So let's pray together. Father God, in whose love we live and move, we pray for this world in which you have placed us, a fragile world, an uncertain world, a lost world. Bring hope to your people and compassion to our leaders. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. We pray for a world torn apart by conflict and war. A world that lives uneasily in a climate of fear. A world where terrorism and violence are everywhere. Bring peace to those who oppose each other 
and relief for victims of war. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. We pray for a world that thinks less of others than of self. A world where division between nations, race, religion, neighbour and family leads to distrust. Bring understanding and harmony in all these situations, that we may live well with each other. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. We pray for a world that misuses your creation. Building trifling toys from precious resources. Bring us a sense of responsibility to guard our world and to share what we have more equally. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. We pray for your church as we face a world that ignores us and looks for meaning in material goods with no thought for tomorrow. Bring vision and courage to your people as we proclaim the good news of Jesus. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. We pray for those we know who are not well, members of our families, our church and our friends. We bring them before you now in the quietness of this place. Heavenly Father, Hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves as we live as witnesses of your love in our lives. As we listen to your voice and follow in your way. Bring to us a sense of purpose, knowing you have placed us here and go ahead of us wherever we are. In your name we pray. Amen. And we join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Just want to thank Mary for leading us in our worship this morning. It's always good to share worship with you, Mary, and we thank you for that. 
Next Sunday, worship will be in church at 10.30 and also on YouTube, led by Pastor Steve. And so we sing our final hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Yeah. 
As we come to the end of our service, we share a blessing together. Calm me, Lord, as you calm the storm. Still me, Lord, keep me from harm. Let all the tumults within me cease. Enfold me, Lord, in your peace. And so let us share the grace together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us now and always. Amen. <laughs>